Eric, too. Did you like that? I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. This is episode 84, and you need to be ready for your mind to be blown because we are talking about the necessary gifts of negative emotions and how to use emotion coaching for yourself and loved ones with Georgia Anderson. I heard Georgia talking about negative emotions and not being perfect and all of these good things we're going to get into. And I was like, she will be mine. Oh, yes, she shall be mine. And you guys, she is ours. This episode is so good. I am so excited for you to hear it. Now, Georgia Anderson has over 30 years of experience in relationship and parenting education. You can find her on Instagram at KnowHowMomTips. Just dive in. Enjoy. She's the best. You're going to love it. Hello, beautiful, awesome empire. I am so excited because I am in Pleasant Picture Studio and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Eric Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. Eric Robertson's here. But the one, the only, the gorgeous, the talented Ms. or Mrs. Georgia Anderson is in the house. Okay, listen, listen, listen. So there are (laughs) definitely some of you who are like, what? We do a whole segment called Nobody Cares About Your Kids. Yeah. Right? I love it. And Georgia, you really care about our kids. Like, you're one of the few people who really cares about our kids. I do. I <laughs> I love your kids. <laughs> so, Georgia, you are a what a, a coach? Yeah. What do you what do you call it? Well, I started out as an educator. Yeah. I'm I'm I started out as a parent educator, then kind of blossomed into the relationship educator because what we realized is that if the marriage ain't happening, the parenting ain't mm. happening. So, yes. you know, the marriage is really the best example for the kids in their relationship. Yeah. So now, and then people started asking for coaching. So it's blossoming into coaching and educating and all things relationship. I love it. And I have heard you on a couple of my friends' podcasts. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. You, you probably know this about me. I am not the type of person to pick up a parenting book. Yeah. So I actually had a friend. She was over last night. I'm going to call her out right now. And she was getting a group of people together because she wanted you to come and do a coaching session. Sweet. So this was a while ago. This was several years ago. Okay. And so she was talking to some people and she goes, something, something. Oh, we got a group. And I said, well, why didn't you let me know? And she goes, you're not into stuff like that. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not into caring about my children. (laughs) Like, And And look, now I'm here. And now you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take that, Kayleen. Now I'm <laughs> now I'm on the casting couch. <laughs> now, now you're on the couch. But here's so so Georgia, you do you have an awesome Instagram called Know How Mom Tips, mm-hmm. and you share such amazing tips there for relationships with your partner, relationships with your kids, but honestly, just relationships in general. Yeah, even with yourself. Yeah, with yourself. But yes, and that's exactly. I was listening to Georgia on 3 and 30 podcast, you were saying, well, you don't want to be perfect at that. And you were teaching a principle to Rachel and you said, you don't want to be perfect. And Rachel, I'm so glad because Rachel and I are a little similar, said, wait, why don't I want to be perfect at that? Mm -hmm. And you started talking about how when you have the negative emotions or you're not perfect in some coaching aspect with your child, that's when you have the greatest capacity for connection. Yep. I had this emotional reaction. I mean, of course I did. 
but I had this like <laughs> emotional reaction because I just applied that to myself immediately. That's what I always do. So I immediately applied it to myself where I thought, of course, I'm constantly saying I'm not a robot. And that's like my excuse almost for not doing things perfectly. Like I'm always trying to make it okay that I'm not perfect. And then for you to be able to frame having an interaction that is flawed, doing the wrong thing with your kid or with a friend or with your partner, saying the wrong thing, and then to be able to frame that in a way where there's all this beauty that can come from it, I was like, of course. Like it's kind of one of those duh things. Yeah. But in this different application. And so that's what I really wanted to talk to you about today awesome. was that concept. And I know that Georgia has so much wealth of knowledge you could share, <laughs> but I mean, I just want you how I want you. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, so I would love to hear about that. And just by the way, you have 30 years of training, coaching with relationships and children, and it's the Gotham Method. Gottman. Yes. Gotman. John Gottman. He's not Gotham, not Batman. <laughs> We're talking Gottman here. He has a nickname as the Einstein of love. Ooh, I yeah. want a nickname like I that. I know. I mean, really? Like, he's a, he started out as a mathematician and then decided to study oh. relationships. So he wanted all the data. Like, he wanted to do it by data. I think that's one of the reasons I like what you do so much. Yeah. Because you bring in the statistics and you bring in the data. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, science. Yeah, I'm going to prove this with science. Exactly. <laughs> Even though everything he learned... Like, with all the incredible research he's done, it all came back to really what we kind of know, yeah. but how nice to have it backed up, right? I love that. With the numbers. I absolutely love that. And that's that's really where I go is I have these truths that I find, and then somebody can back them up with science later. And I go, yeah, yeah, I already knew it, but I, now I can teach it with a little more authority. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know it in yourself. Yes. Like, you know it in your being yeah. already. but. You know, it's easy to doubt yourself. So 100%. to have it backed up is very cool. And that's why I love his work. I, I just love, love it. it. So let's talk on this idea of the negative emotions or the negative is where the connection happens. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me, Dorothy. Well, you know, everyone talks nowadays about how the brain is wired for negativity. Like, you know, we always notice the bad before we notice the good. Our brain is wired for that because... That keeps us alive, basically. Yes, the caveman brain, yeah. the negativity bias. Yeah. Yes. so all that. Okay, so obviously these negative emotions are going to get our attention. Mm. And but but here's the cool part. Okay, so the negative emotion is where we kind of come unglued and we show our you know our whole sad self or whatever and and make our mistakes. Yeah. But it's in the repair that the real beauty happens. So, That's it. The repair. Yeah. The repair. Yeah. Hey, I just don't think you understand when you're talking that so many things you're saying are so profound that you're just, do you see what, like, she's just like breathing mm-hmm. by these mm-hmm. statements, right? <laughs> you're so, so yeah. nice. No, but I love, but I love that. Where I'm trying to remember the first thing you said, where it was the negativity. Notice that what was it? Okay. That we notice negative emotions get our attention. Mm-hmm. Negative emotions get our attention, and yet usually they get our attention, and then we respond negatively, right? So we yes. we start like you guys talked about padded thoughts and how you respond in a way to protect yourself. Yeah. And what, if you get a little knowledge and realize that these negative emotions, if you can center yourself and respond to them in a way that is connecting, it's like, wow, it's like so 
powerful. Yes, and I love that so much because even the word negativity suggests bad, something that is not wanted, something that is not desired, right? Right. right. So if we start reframing a negative emotion mm-hmm. as an emotion that gets our attention. Yeah, or, you know, that someone's vulnerable at that point. Yes. Like a negative emotion, they're in a vulnerable state in some way. So here they are, open. Yes. They're open And when someone's open is a great opportunity, right? But often we respond to that negativity in another like negativity, which is like protecting us from it because it's scary and it doesn't feel good. So we try to protect ourselves from it instead of seeing it as an opening and an opportunity to mend and build and strengthen what's going on between us. (sighs) This is so good. Don't you love (laughs) this, Eric? I love it. Okay, so you know what I did? Tell me I have n- I didn't do this till last night, even though I teach about repair all the time, but I, I, I Siri'd it. I said, define repair. Yeah. I love what Siri told me back. Okay, so Siri said that to repair is to fix or mend a thing suffering from damage or fault. <gasps> I love that suffer. it's yeah. suffering. So you, you don't think of the negative person, you know, they're suffering. Yeah. They are they're open, they're hurting, they're vulnerable. They may be behaving in a really raunchy way or a way that really puts you on a defensive position. But if you can look at it as a way that it's an opening, it's an opportunity, it changes everything. It really does. And I love that so much because I feel like when you use the word suffering in there, when you introduce that word, to me that introduces a lot of compassion, self-compassion, mm-hmm. compassion for my partner, compassion for my child. Right. They're behaving negatively or I'm behaving negatively because there's a degree of suffering. Right. Rather than I know my tendency and a lot of people who listen to the podcast, because <laughs> like attracts like, right? Yeah. And a lot of people who listen to our podcast, their tendency is going to be like, I'm having this negative emotion. Squash it. Squelch it. Hide it. Fix it. Yes. I have a question, though. So when someone reacts negatively or raunchy, I think it's hard sometimes to respond to them like super kindly because I think that they don't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Like I've noticed that with my kids. Like if Ginger's like just going. So Ginger's eight. Yeah, Ginger's eight. And she has a lot of feelings. And I, and, and <laughs> is I that lo- putting it mildly? <laughs> well, she's she's an interesting mix of Eric and I, where she literally just can bottle it all in. Okay, and she's like a locked box vault. Would and that to, be and, Eric? Until, until, that would be <laughs> until it comes out, and then she just can't stop crying. But uh. but even with Allison, sometimes if she if she comes in on a certain energy level on the spectrum, that's like, and if I I feel like if I don't match it, like get on the same level for a mm. second, mm-hmm. it's not taken seriously or compassionately. Does does this make sense? Yes. Like people, yeah. Like I, I see that they're wounded and suffering, and and you can be you can take the high road and be like, oh, this is a great opportunity. I'm just going to come in with love and uh-huh. and joy. And it, but, but Eric they, has they noticed. Not we've noticed way. in our relationship lately that. Especially when I'm in almost like an anxiety state of panic, he has to, for lack of a better word, get a little rough with me. Okay. Like, match my intensity. Otherwise, I don't respond. The problem is when I get in that, then I've lost my love and my center. (laughs) But it it always is helpful. Okay, so what if... (laughs) Let me just offer an idea. Yeah. So what if, Eric, you match the intensity... And took a different take on it. Like, take the perspective of, I'm going to meet her where she is so that I can be by her side in this. Mm. Okay? So, 
not that I'm going to, like, protect myself and be there so that she doesn't, like, swallow me up or whatever, right, with the, <laughs> the intensity. <laughs> thank, thank you for knowing that is exactly what happens. I know the feeling. To everyone in my vicinity. I'm married to a, a high-intensity guy, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. But there's a different intention where you're ramping up just so that you're protecting yourself or you're ramping up to meet them where they are. And, like, you can still be compassionate and intense. I think I love I th- that. I think my intention most times is to bring everything to homeostasis and not yeah. really fix her. It's just to get everything back to center. Yeah. And so that's the intention. I think that's the key. So if that's your intention, and I mean, this goes back to men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That was helpful for the one key sentence of men want to fix everything. Yeah. So we'll be having conversations and I'll be like, you don't need to fix this. You just need to talk about it. Well, you've seen the what about the nail video, right? Oh, guys, just Google YouTube. It's not about the nail. Okay. okay. But anyway. Okay. We'll, we'll link to okay. that. I love that. <laughs> but, but that's why I'm like, you don't need to fix it. You just need to talk about it. But it gets him almost aggravated. Yeah. I, so, don't, know, I don't know how to talk about something without working on a solution. It's like, yeah. I'm not wired that way. So right. it's super frustrating to not like jump well, into fix Well, Eric, mode. you need to just come to a class and get the data because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, he got the data. The data is going <laughs> to change your mind about that. It's powerful. I love that. When we're back to that idea of the intention. So your intention has been to come at it with this, I want to get things back to homeostasis. I want to get things back to okay. What would be maybe a more repair-oriented intention? Yeah. So Or tools. Tools. Okay. So Let's let's go to the Gottman research. I mean, there's a lot of great research out there, but my favorite happens to be the Gottman research. So <laughs> there are a couple of tools you can use. And even when someone's done something negative, okay? So let's start with, say they're really critical. And they're saying, you always, you never, you, you know, those tools, okay? Or those things. Your natural response when someone is in that state is to literally... I mean, physically, you would put your hands up in front of you and protect yourself, Yeah, right? You'd be defensive. Definitely. So what we offer instead of that, well, first, if you're the criticizer, what you want to practice is putting it in a statement of positive need. Like, I really need to be held right now. Or I really, instead of, you never hold me, you never take care of me, you never listen to me, right? So putting it in an I statement of positive need instead of the other. But she, She's good at that, by the way. Okay. Oh, thanks. I was even just thinking, though, that instead of saying, you don't need to fix this, mm-hmm. I could say, what I need right now is just to discuss this you rather do, than you do, you do already say that. I'm, basically, I'm perfect. As, we awesome. Just, th- that was why I brought you here. Okay, was, to, to, <laughs> to just say how awesome you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I had a couple in class once who really, it was, it was great because the husband had learned to say, wait, before you say this, is this something you want me to help you fix, or is this something you just want to hear? <laughs> That's like, a good tell question. Me. It really, like, it was even great. that right there, like, mm-hmm. that question, done. But, but in the heat of the moment, does that annoy the wife who... No. Is that okay? okay. No, I think yeah. it's okay. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, t- stating a positive need is a really big one. Another skill is taking a little bit of responsibility. So, even if you feel attacked in some way by a kid, like... I hate you, whatever, you know, they're they're attacking you or a spouse where you're disagreeing about something. Take some responsibility for that 
um, whatever part of that situation you can take it for. Now, it doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean you take responsibility for something that isn't true, Mm -hmm. but find a piece of it that you can take responsibility for. I love like sentences when you give like an example sentence. So what would be like a good example of that? Okay, I'm trying to think of, okay, so my husband was picking me up at the airport the other night and this is kind of a role reversal for us because he's a big time business guy and he's always on trips and I'm always picking him up from the airport and he always texts me like, okay, pick me up at the drop-off, not the pickup because he doesn't like to fight the traffic and, you know, I get all these instructions about how to pick him up. (laughs) dying. So I try to be really, you You know. You and Eric should start a support group. (laughs) Okay, so this time I'm being picked up. Yeah. And I decided to text him, pick me up at the pickup. Yeah. Like, I'm actually going to go to the pickup because I'm kind of a blue personality. I'm a rule follower most of the time. Apparently, he didn't see my text, which, you know, it comes in his car. It rings in his car. Like, whatever, honey. Right? Apparently, he didn't see my text. And he's like, meet me at the drop-off. And I'm the one being picked up. And it was my turn to give him instructions, (laughs) right? So, we're we're not going well, right? Right from the get-go, right? And he kind of pulled up and he goes... His head's forward in the car, and he's like, did you need some help with that? Like, I just had a carry-on, right? But it's yeah. like, like, not like saying, hey, let me help you in hopping out of the car. His head's forward. Did you need some help with that? Because he's already ticked off. I'm ticked <laughs> off. So, <laughs> Okay, so we're both ticked off. How I can take some responsibility mm-hmm. in staying, okay, that was the jerkiest thing to do. Like, I come and do whatever you want at the airport, and then you're, and I yeah. wanted to say that. Because you feel very justified. Yes. Yeah. Okay, instead of that, the response could have been, huh, I'm, I must have not pushed send on that text or did I, you must have not gotten my text. I probably didn't, you know, communicate with you in a way that you could have heard. Yeah, that yeah. just took all the, all the wind out of the sails. Okay, so did you were in that position for me and did you hear that? Yeah. As yeah. a spouse, right? Yeah. So that's just taking a little piece of the responsibility for that situation. Even though it wasn't yours. Even though it may not, but see, I can't assume that. Yeah, Maybe yeah, the text yeah. didn't go through. Yeah, so, it's, it's irrelevant, right? Yeah, I can sit and tell myself that whole story. Yeah. But in reality, he didn't see the text. Yeah, and maybe if you had sent it several hours earlier or what, I mean, whatever. There's right. always there's always something there. Yeah, okay. yeah. So our first tool was to meet it with some compassion mm-hmm. rather than just trying to match the intes- intensity. Or be defensive. Or be defensive. And then also we take some responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then what do we do next? And and on, remember, stated a positive need. Stay, like, oh, stay in a positive need. Yeah. Yes. Rather than, you never. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so another one that's really powerful, and this is probably the most important of all, and the easiest to do, is to proactively build your friendship. So, Mm. you know, in a time when you have conflict and negativity, you need a bank account, or I like to think of it as a dinosaur tail. You know how thick and big a dinosaur tail is, and it kind of balances the dinosaur. You need a dinosaur tail of experience behind you of positivity. So that means you're racking up points in the emotional bank account like you're you're curious about the other person you're you're wondering how they got to where they're at even in that moment but hopefully you've had a lot of positives before that so it's just really building friendship by being curious about each other we call it by building a love map by knowing the idiosyncrasies of that person, their likes, their dislikes, things about them that they can that you can draw on in that moment even like Mark can draw on humor when we're in, you know, in a negative situation. He's, he can draw on humor in a fantastic way. 
make some comment that just makes me laugh. And because he knows, he knows yeah. me, he knows me well enough to know what I would consider funny in that moment. So it's that friendship, that curiosity, that, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's so important. It's really the little things. Well, it no, I love that. And I read The Color Purple this year. In it, the main character towards the end goes, and you're just reminding me of this, the more I wonder, the more I love. It's so true. And so that's just what I keep thinking of when you say that yeah. is the curiosity, the wonder. And in Buddhism, some of the philosophies equate love with understanding. To me, like it's just kind of reinforcing those same things as the yeah. more curious, the more you wonder, the more you try to understand, the more room there is for that yeah. love and that compassion. Yeah. And that in your situation, when like Allison's really ramped up and Eric's like, I got to ramp up to meet her. <laughs> You know, another way of looking at that would be to look at her with a beginner's mind, right? The Buddhism beginner's Ooh, mind. Oh, I like to that. To look at her with a beginner's mind with curiosity and wonder. Like, wow, you are feeling super intense about this right now. Yeah. Like, just reflecting that to her and letting her spill, Be you be a mirror for her, not in a you know, not in a therapy way where you're like, I know that there's steps to active listening and I certainly teach them. But you've got to build that into the weave that into your person. Like you've yeah. got to become curious. You can't just go through the motions. Because what happens is I already have these like predetermined things. I'm like, okay, she's here. I need to get her here. And I so didn't then even it, know you like had a, like this checklist. whole checklist. It's like, it's like, okay, <laughs> here's one, two, three, four. And there's like, I mean, I love her, obviously, yeah. but there's like, there's no compassion in it. It's just let's, right. Let's, let's like, I got to get down. this down. Yeah. Instead of let's explore this and become curious. I'm so amused by this right now <laughs> because I didn't even know. I didn't even know. You don't know what you do. Good yeah. <laughs> I love taking that same concept and applying it to the self. Yeah. So when I'm having those negative emotions and okay, stating, you always do this, Allison, and you never do this, and you always say such stupid things, and how you, oh, you just are always doing that. Coming at it and like, I need you to have some compassion, or I, yeah. right? Like almost yeah. having, so I, there's like or six people getting in curious. my head. And then getting, and then bringing in the curiosity. Yeah. This is so interesting that you're responding so strongly to this. I wonder yeah. why. But part of that. But, but, but those questions have to be very sincere. They do. And oh, part and to yourself. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, that is what develops mindful self-awareness, mm. the equality we all want, right? Yes. The quality that truly makes a great leader and a great human is mindful self-awareness. And it's the ability to both be in the moment and watch yourself from the outside to be curious about yourself. Yes. That's, that is a huge capacity to be able to do both of those things Mindful self-awareness. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So one thing you talk a lot about, and I think we're touching on it a little bit, is this idea of emotion coaching. Mm -hmm. As I've heard you talk about it, one of the things that really struck me, and you can go into any part that you see relevant, is this idea of noticing the big emotions when they're small. Yeah. I feel like this kind of flows into that topic of, mm -hmm. okay, so the negative emotion or, you know, these rifts is where the repair mm -hmm. can happen. And we've mm -hmm. been talking about these steps for how to make that repair happen. Right. But now let's shift into this emotion coaching and 
not even for the child, but right, this is applicable yourself. to the child, but for yourself. Yeah. And it was funny. I was talking to Nichelle about, you know, I was excited to talk to you about emotion coaching. And I'm like, I'm, the, I feel like I'm always the child in this scenario <laughs> where I'm like, all of a sudden I see myself blowing up and I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. And so I've been trying to know, I get hungry. I've only had caffeine and sugar, like right. literally like yeah. a child. Yeah. That's yeah. been said many times. Okay. <laughs> many days. Yeah. So how can we apply this idea of emotion coaching to self? Ah, oh, I love this. And Yay! this is really where my work is headed because awesome. it, you know, Brene Brown's talked a lot about this. Like you can't be compassionate to someone else unless you are to yourself, yeah. right? So how can you coach a child until you've learned to do it with yourself? Oh, that's so good because so, immediately we want to, we want to fix our husband, yeah. fix the child, fix our roommate, our uh-huh. mother-in-law, whoever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it always starts with us. It does. And okay, here's one reason I love you so much, Allison. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Because of the dancing, okay? <laughs> yes. Because, well, A, I was a dancer. I was a choreographer for a long time. That's so right. You have a theater background. Yeah. And then I became a massage therapist. Okay, do I love the body? Yes, I love the oh, body, I right? I love that. So, and now that I'm doing more in the coaching realm and learning and learning and learning more about coaching, also starts in the body. Yes. Like, your emotions you feel them first in your body. We think you feel them in your head, but you feel them in your body. That's, it's so true. And one thing my accident from mm-hmm. being hit taught me was just how unbelievably disconnected yeah. from our body most of us we are. We are. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it seems juvenile, it seems stupid, but how to coach yourself, right, is to start with your body. This is so good. So noticing what's happening in your body because your body doesn't lie, right? Like I love the title of that book, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. That's so good. You know, they just don't. Your body doesn't lie. Your body doesn't lie. And your body is where you are right now. And you get the best information you can get about yourself in your body. What are, you know, what are your palms doing? What is your heart doing? How fast is it racing? And this proves out in the Gottman research as well. So when, you know, he can can predict divorce with 94% accuracy. Oh, yeah. That's almost terrifying. By having a conversation with people in the same room, watching them, taking their heart rate, noticing what's wow. happening physiologically, he can predict it with 94% accuracy with a 15-minute conversation. So your body tells you tons of information, but we ignore it all the time. All day long. So the first thing to do is, I mean, it's just so simple. It's ridiculous and so profound that it's amazing and yeah. glorious, right? I love it. It's, it's to stop for a moment. And pay attention to what your body is telling you. Is your heart racing like crazy? Are your palms sweating? What are your signs for being stressed and noticing that there is trouble, that there's trouble in River City, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what what are your signs? You have got, if you are going to learn to coach your children, you have got to be aware of that in yourself. I do this often on the podcast. I say, let's all take a deep breath in mm-hmm. and out. Because we can go a whole day yeah, without checking back in. So checking in the body, mm-hmm. looking for signs of stress. Mm-hmm. Then noticing, starting to pay attention to the triggers. Okay, and then what we are pay the attention triggers to the triggers that are causing those things. And then you start to take care of those triggers, take care of yourself, whether you need to speak up about a certain situation, mm. whether you need more self-care. Oh my gosh, 
as mothers and parents, even as people, we suck at it. My big thing with self-care right now is everyone's like, I'll take a bubble bath. I'll I don't get my mean nails that. done, right? That's yeah. stopping and noticing your body yes. is self-care. Yes. Like true self Right. Awareness. Awareness. That's, awareness that's the key is point. self-care. The awareness. I'm not talking about five days at the spa, you know. I'm because well, you can do that and be blissfully unaware and right. still disconnected from your body. No. Like crazy enough. Yeah. So totally don't get me wrong on this. I'm not on no. the, you know, go pamper yourself all the yeah, time. But I also believe in pampering. I like yourself. that too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying with some awareness. Yeah, yeah. But it's the awareness that has to come first. It has to come first. Otherwise, we're just going to put this big shell of armor around ourselves and never really truly know ourselves. So I have a question. So what is this mindful self-awareness? What, are the, what does it do when you are in it? Well, What does your life look like? A, then? it puts you in a beautiful place of creativity because creativity comes from stillness believe it or not. I mean, yes, you want to bounce ideas off and you want to see things that inspire you and all of that. But ultimately, don't your best ideas come when you're like sitting doing nothing or when you're like, your mind wanders a little bit and you're, it comes from these moments yeah. of stillness. Yeah, totally. Right? For, for me, I find more stillness back to the body when my body is in repetitious movement. Okay. And so running... And that's a form of stillness right, for it, a really it active brain. For, yes, for yeah. me. And I think that's why I have always... my. I've said, like, I'll stop believing in God. I'll stop believing in everything. But I've always believed in running. No. And, and <laughs> I come, even in high school and yeah. even middle school, I, I didn't run on any team. Uh-huh. But I think I've always craved it because I have that really hyperactive mind. Yes, and it puts you in a place of consistency and stillness. Ex- and that's where all my creative ideas happen is when I'm on a run or I'm moving my body repetitiously. So I'm not having to think about the, the movement, but it's almost like absorbing the shock, right? It's almost I, absorbing. I totally hear that. Yeah. I, I hear that with all my soul because I, I, I feel the that. same way. Like if I'm out hiking a mountain by myself yep. or doing something like that where I can't sit and change my thoughts all the time. They have to be focused on something. Some people can do that really just sitting. I mean, a recent training I went to, we had to just sit in a circle and we only had to do it five minutes a day, but they challenged us to build it up to 30 where we just sit. And I think that's important for me is something I'm trying to work on is sitting Mm -hmm. in stillness. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the hardest parts from my accident was all my coping mechanisms I felt like were stolen and taken. And so trying to learn the new habits and new coping mechanisms, and it just very easily turns into numbing or buffering with TV watching. For sure. Where I'm sitting in my bed or I'm sitting in a chair, and then you grab your phone or you turn on a show. Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah. Because that was something I did think about. You know, we hear a lot of things about social media, social media, get off social media, and I hear that. I mean, for me, social media is part of my job. So Yes, me too. <laughs> and I'm really not in the generation that's all comparing themselves on well, social media. Well, can I just tell you, I'm so impressed with how freaking savvy you're, you are with your social media. I mean, you're crushing it. You're doing... Oh, you're so kind. No, you're, you're really, really crushing it. Like, you definitely want to go to her know-how mom tips on Instagram and your Instagram stories and your highlight reels and your content is phenomenal. You are crushing it. It's well, very impressive. Gee. Yeah. That means a lot <laughs> coming from the social media queen. But my point on the media is, I, and this may be a weird Georgiaism, I don't know, 
But I've always had the feeling in my heart and soul and myself that I don't want to spend my life watching other people live. I want to live. I love it. And that went for before social media ever happened. Like, I was fortunate enough to raise my kids in a canyon where we had no TV reception. Amazing. So we didn't have media unless we purposefully brought it into our home on a video, a VHS or a DVD or whatever. Yeah. You know, we didn't have it. And I'm not telling everyone to turn off everything they own. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is be really purposeful about it. You know, choose how much you watch other people do things versus how much you do and be. And, you know, I, I'm even fascinated by our, our fascination with sports, like how we want to watch other people play. We don't go play. Well, it's similar to Pinterest. I want to watch in YouTube. I want to watch other people make the craft and I want to watch other people create the thing. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's some learning that takes place from watching a certain yeah. amount. But look at our obsession with it. Yeah. With watching other people live, with watching other people play. How much are we playing ourselves versus how much we're watching other people play? That's my question. I don't know. That I just is well, I mean, I freaking love that. I think that's one of the things you do so well is you take concepts where all we all know we should be doing and you reframe them in a way that really resonates and I think can invite change where no, not just get off of social media, but just ask yourself, how much do you want to watch other people live versus live your life? Yeah. Well, take claim it as a Georgiaism. Okay. That is a that is a really, really good one. I love that. Okay. We're emotion coaching ourselves. We're noticing it in our body. Mm-hmm. We're paying attention to the trigger. Paying attention to the trigger. And then we're acting to self. The last point would be act to self-calm. In other words, know... What works for you? Know that emotions will pass. They're like clouds, right? Yeah. So emotions come and go. They're like a cloud. Watch it. Watch the cloud. Experience it. Be curious about it. That's the part I, I want to talk just for a second on is I think and I have thought that I am letting myself experience my negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I'm friends with Jody Moore of mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Better Than Happy, and I'm, I'm so lucky to have all these really wise friends who can tell me things. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when she coached you yeah, on your podcast. It was awesome. And I was talking to her last week, and I was saying how I have really extreme PMS, and I was saying, so I'm in my, you know, when I'm feeling really down, I'm just staying in my bed. She's like, that's still buffering. Mm -hmm. It's not experiencing it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be snapping at everyone. She's like, well, snap at everyone. Just snap. And I'm like, maybe I genuinely don't know how to experience mm. negative emotions. Like maybe I have been pushing them down my whole life. I'm, I think I do. Uh, and, and, I don't, and I don't mean to because right. I'm... I think we all do. I'm so expressive. You would think that I'm experiencing my emotions. Right. Emotions like anger or anxiety. And we say this, like watching the cloud pass, mm -hmm. but what is the value in getting angry? And like, what could and should that look like for myself as a 35-year-old mother of three boss? When I get angry, like, I guess I'm asking the question is like, what's an appropriate way for me to get angry, which is already saying like, I, I only want to experience my yeah. emotion in an, an appropriate well, way. I think experiencing your emotion and owning it yeah. Would be putting that anger in an iMessage. Like, I'm feeling really out of control right now. I feel yeah. really angry and stating it. 
That's part of your awareness coming in. You're curious about it's it. It's so simple, but like even yeah. just saying, I'm feeling really angry. It's hard to do in the moment. Yeah. It takes that that double thing of watching yourself yeah. and experiencing it. And you have to be able to balance both of those things and do them both. So being able to state it, mm. state how you feel, put it into words. I mean, that's exactly what we try to teach our kids to I do. I know. I've heard you say this yeah. with children, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I have to do it for and myself. And we have to do it for ourselves because once you say the words, there's actually something physiological that happens. Yeah. It dissipates. And th- that's part of the watching. So when when we're able to watch it, it gives it some acceptance. Hmm. When we state it, it gives it some validity and acceptance and allows the cloud to kind of dissipate. And then we can take an action, an action to improve the situation, an action to self-calm. You know, if there's nothing that can be done, then we just have to, like, be present and and accept. I hate and, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> accept what is and know that that's going to be for our benefit down the road. It's going to It's going to add to that dinosaur tale. What are some healthy, self-calming things for anger? Because I think anger is one that nice women push down. Yeah. Our children, too. And we're trying to help them. So... Well, there's a lot of talk about how anger is a secondary emotion. Yeah. It's not primary. So the curiosity is what I think is important there. Okay. So, you know, my heart's racing. My my palms are sweaty. I feel like attacking someone. What's going on here? And usually it's embarrassment, hurt, sadness. You know, there's some other thing that's much more vulnerable under that mm. anger. Yeah. Like with the kids, the, the anger I believe often is I want to appear like a good mother. And we're angry because they're not doing what we think of as the, you know, model family would do. Yeah. I think I want to control my children more. Mm-hmm. I like because for me it usually always comes down to control. Like yeah. I've I've st- I've started to notice this awesome habit with me. Uh-huh. Is that I'm pr- I'm a one track pony over here. <laughs> so back to gender and this idea of explosive anger, and so that's really helpful for me. I feel angry, but noticing one step deeper, it's that secondary emotion. What what is it really? Mm-hmm. So on Sunday, Ginger was asked to give a talk in primary, the Sunday school class for children. She doesn't like doing things in front of people. So she's not like me. Wow. Yeah. And I have one of those too. Yeah. And I was like, where did you come from? Right, right. <laughs> and and I really do respect that. But at the same time, I we participate and I think it's good for her yeah. to get up and talk for two minutes. Right. And so we had talked about it for a couple of days. To be 100% transparent, we weren't awesome at like maybe sitting down and writing it down. But even when we tried to get to that point, she immediately just implodes. Mm. Just she, she immediately cr- starts crying. We and call it cry voice. And she just says, I don't know, over oh, and over. Oh, yeah. And so... I relate because I remember being a child and really, truly, I think having anxiety attacks, Mm -hmm. but having those anxiety attacks responded to with me just being really dramatic. And so I have compassion and empathy for my mom because I think a lot of times she thought I was just being really dramatic and trying to get out of something. And now I look back and can see this lifelong habit of, I was having like an actual panic attack and just thought I was an idiot for most of my life, which is why then as an adult, I didn't treat 
my anxiety for so long until it was a pretty big, I mean, till it was a severe issue. I don't want to do that to her, but then you're sitting there in church and literally in church and she, I'm like, so your talk and she just implodes. Yeah. So I, what I did this week, <laughs> I'm just dying to know. Well, I just got up and left I, because <laughs> I, I was playing the organ, so I was nowhere near anyone. <laughs> he, was, he was playing the organ. Go wait. Is this when she was about to give the talk? This is this is the meeting before. Okay. Yeah. This, okay. Yeah, this was the meeting before, so okay. it's quiet. And that's when she imploded. Well, she'd she imploded, imploded many week, times. But but this is the final one. Okay. Because I was reminding her, hey, remember your talk, remember your talk. And because it had been such a negative experience, yeah. I don't feel like we ever got, like I couldn't even ever get to a place where it was like, we're prepared. Here's what you're going to talk about. So she never had a talk prepared. No, she never did it. We, I talked over some points with her two How or three times. She? She's eight. Wow. So she, right, she should, and I don't know should, yeah. be able to... She won't do it. I mean, she, and that's the thing that's terrifying. Is she's terrifyingly stubborn. Okay. I'm ginger right now. Yeah. I'm hearing this. Yeah. And I'm having a panic attack. Like, okay. I, I am having a panic attack. Because we didn't write it down. She had a few points. Yeah. She had a few points. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's sorry. our bad. That's our bad. But also in our defense. like When we try to write them. Just starting the conversation of this even happening. Gone. Yeah. And, and so it's hard to even get to the point where we get out a piece of paper and we write it down. Yeah. Again, back to that video. It's not about the nail. Yeah. It's not about the talk. It's oh, not yeah. about I, solving the problem. Yeah, I get right? it's not about the talk. She's never been one to ever it's it's shyness, it's yeah talking about anything. She's she's not vulnerable. It's right. talking about anything. It's the vulnerability. Yeah. And and let me tell you, when a person, a self, does not feel understood and they don't feel it, it really goes back to belonging. Yeah. Like they don't feel like they belong, they don't have a sense of belonging, all bets are off. I mean, it didn't, and, and with a child who's struggling with that, it's painful because you're these advanced adults. You've been through it. You've worked through it. She hasn't. She. It's so hard for us to slow down for them. Yeah, oh, we yeah, have. We, that's we what it is. We, and we, we and neither of us are slow. Yeah, and that's. I think that's really what it is. And it's hysterical because she is so smart, mm-hmm. emotionally and intellectually. She's very complex. She, and very complex. So. I'm treating her like an adult. Yeah. Where she has a few talking points. She sure. should be just fine. But you yeah. say it back to me and I'm like, I'm an idiot. She's eight. A couple of talk. She's not a professional speaker like her mom does for a job. She needs more than a few talking points. <laughs> and it's she, like I'm almost embarrassed, but like I genuinely didn't know what to do. And I appreciate yeah. you being honest <laughs> about that because I do the same thing. We all do the same thing. Yeah. And she is a child. She's a blank slate and probably, like all of us, has injuries. What did that definition say? We have damage and fault. Mm. We have damage and fault from day one, you guys. It's hard to, but it's like, hard I to don't accept think of that, that we with have an eight-year-old. It, right? Like, yeah. one of the pieces of research is that, like, 40% of the time, even with an infant, a mother and child or the primary caregiver, they are miscoordinated, meaning they're not getting each other. So this damage and fault that this definition talks about, it happens to us from day one. We come as these perfect souls, right? Mm -hmm. These beautiful, individual, unique beings. And from day one, the damage is starting. Not, And I'm not saying that – I'm not placing blame. It's just that is life. 
Yeah. Right? The damage is starting, the miscoordination, the not realizing that she's eight and she doesn't get <laughs> it out. You're right. It starts right at first. Like yeah. the baby wants to be awake and the parents want to be asleep. They're already, there's there's damage happening of miscoordination, mis- not understanding. But the opportunity to not necessarily apologize, to but to be present with someone and say, let me try that again. Let's try this again. The ability to do that is beautiful. So when she's escalating and I can't even get, I'm so frustrated, I can't even get to the point where I'm actually helping her prepare. Because you have a plan. I guess, yeah, I have a plan. And the plan is let's just quickly come up with the feet. Let's crank this out. Yep. Dang it. I hear myself. I'm talking about myself too. So what could I have done in preparation? Uh Uh-huh. When well, okay, I, let's just take it in the moment. Yeah. Okay, so say you say you totally blew it, right? Yeah, because I was Let, teaching the a lesson. It was his birthday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had 10 things. Yeah, okay. there was so, a lot going on, as so always. So if, if Allison breathes into her self yeah. and she notices what's happening in her body, what's happening in your body in that moment? I, well, that's why I got up and left. I was so mad. Okay, but what's happening in the body? <laughs> What's happening in the dancer? I think tension. Okay. I, I maybe I'd have to go. I'd have to be in the moment. Yeah. And so like that's crazy. Like that's awesome. I'm gonna notice that next time. But you, you I notice feel constriction. myself holding my breath. Yes. Okay. So there's this <laughs> constriction. Like, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's if I could describe it, it would be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that is often what happens with anger and and stress about something. Like mm-hmm. so, you get constricted. So we talk a lot about being in a state of flow. What happens to flow when we get constricted? What happens to creativity? What happens to compassion? They're all, they were all gone, which is why I walked to my car and took two extra strength Excedrin. Okay. It's like my version of a cigarette. Yeah. I didn't have <laughs> in the church parking lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it blew up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I okay. blew up. Yeah. She blew up and then I yeah. blew up and right. it so all blew up. So, if we could try it again and... I am not against going back to Ginger and saying, you know what, I I didn't do what I wanted to do yeah. in that situation. I know this sounds weird, but could we just do it again right here? Could we just try it again? Yeah. And see if you can work with that constriction, first of all. And I'm crying over here, one, because I love this, and two, if we talk to ourselves this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't do it. Can I didn't I, pay attention I, to you. Can I, I do it again? Yeah. I didn't listen. Yeah. I didn't hear you like yeah. talking to ourselves. Yeah. To our bodies yeah. that we're ignoring. I didn't watch. I didn't pay attention. So I wasn't levels. aware. Yeah. Yeah. Can I try this again? Can I try and, this again? And, and, and we didn't actually pay attention to what we know about Ginger. And when she doesn't have a choice, yeah. she shuts down Oh yeah. Right, every time. So that was us not giving that to her. Mm. So, and that's a girl who's self-aware. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because everyone needs a choice. We all need the ability to choose. So That's, I love that. And we know that. I mean, every time we, when we are listening to ourselves and really observe Ginger, mm-hmm. when there's no choice, it's, that's the implosion. Yeah. Mm. So going back, how could I, I mean, do I give her the choice of giving the talk? Like it's not. In that very moment? Well, not in that moment. I, I guess I keep trying to go back to fix it. Okay. So, so what could you <laughs> have done originally? Have yeah. Originally where 
I couldn't even get to the point where I could help her prepare a talk because she kept shutting yeah. down, and then I shut down. But, but yeah. you did something awesome. You, you, we were riding home from somewhere, and you talked about like how the church works and why we give talks in a community, and how and that was awesome. But that was after. It was after. Yeah. That was post everything. I said, that, "Do you?" I said, "Do you want to?" Con-? I said, "Everybody shows up and is asked to do something, and you get to choose if you want to contribute, if you want to give, or you want to take." Huh. And that should have been, the, that. First, that been yeah. the first conversation. That should yeah. have been before even yeah. she was asked to give a talk. Yes. Right? So, yes. But that's all then, hindsight. Because then the choice. Because then yeah. that gives the idea of choice. Yeah. Okay. With a child like this, and we all have a piece of her in us, right? Yeah. It's the slowing down that matters. It's slowing down. The one thing. The <laughs> so one hard. thing I can't do very well at all. <laughs> yeah. That's why I got her first. It's yeah. been like that since day one. I couldn't control her when she w- would cry for hours and hours and hours. And, and she's just here to teach you. She is. She is. Yeah. She is. And to oh help you gosh. find you, really. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate in every relationship. In a marriage, a partnership, in a parent-child relationship. They're here to help you find you. I'm you. I'm crying. You do such important work. Thank you so much you for the work so, you do. I I am so lucky to have finally found what I'm supposed to do. Are you okay? Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 58. Okay, listen. Never too late. Listen, Georgia is 58, and that's a little bit older than our average listener. And one of the things that they struggle with so much is, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my purpose is. I Mm -hmm. don't know what my calling is. Yeah. And Georgia, you are just such an amazing example. I know you've been doing this for a long time, but but you're kind of as a volunteer. I was just kind of doing it as a volunteer. I really didn't. I mean, you are doing what you're supposed to do right now. Always. You are. Yeah. You may not feel like you've fulfilled some grand mission. You're on the journey to doing it. So just do what you're doing and keep being curious. That's what I'm doing. Freaking Georgia. Georgia, I love you so much. We're going to be new best friends and you don't even know. Oh, my girls are going to be so jealous. (laughs) Okay, well, I want to be best friends with all of them. (laughs) So you have a workshop coming up in Utah on June 22nd, which is actually the day after my Build an Awesome Brand workshop. So anybody who's in town for my Build an Awesome Brand workshop should sign up for your workshop the next day. It's just a half day. It's a half day. And we're going to teach all the things we've been talking about the today. emotion coaching yeah. people can find you by going to know how mom tips on instagram uh-huh. and what's your website and my website is knowhowmom.com knowhowmom.com and you have some really fun things coming up you have a couples retreat cruise yes we do where we're going to do the gottman seven principles like i do this often but you have to do it in a short period of time yeah the cruise we have a week, a freaking week. Like we have three or two days at sea. Yeah. Like we have so much time to delve into this material and be with your partner and really explore each other's worlds. It's going to be so much fun. And it's over Valentine's Day. Yes. You're a genius. Yeah. I love that. So you have the in-person workshop, you've uh-huh. got the cruise coming up and you have some online. We have tons of other stuff. Like I'm still right exploring who we are. Yeah. So we have uh, we will do emotion coaching online workshops. They will come up like four times a year. So those will awesome. be available. Okay. We have a really fun buddy quest book. I brought you some for your <gasps> kids. Oh my gosh, I saw those to help siblings. <laughs> to help siblings. Because you know we have Rad and Fiona. It yes. took us like six months before he could say that he loves her. Okay. Well, so. these are for Rad and Fiona. Buddy quest. <laughs> buddy quest. Okay. So we're just doing all kinds of things to build connection because I really my 
my goal in life right now is to rid the world of loneliness. I we all get lonely with ourselves. And there's we a get, loneliness epidemic right there now. There is. Yeah. And it's not only between people. It's knowing ourselves and loving ourselves. So let's get rid of loneliness and and reach out there and do it and come learn something with us. That is the most beautiful goal. I love that. Okay, you guys, get Georgia in your life. Get Georgia in your life. You need her. My life is so much better because I have more Georgia in it. That's how I feel about you guys. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much, Georgia. You are love you. very welcome. Thanks oh, for having me. Oh, wait, me. can yeah. I ask you a pump-up song? It would be September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. <gasps> just one of the best songs of all time with one of the greatest women of all time I hope forget that I know that you got as much out of that as I did and I am so grateful to Georgia for being so gracious with her time she drove to our house she sat in our basement with our weird dog it was truly awesome having her and then be sure to go to my Instagram because Georgia asked if we could dance together and she held nothing back. Eric, were you not so impressed? Yeah, she was great. So you are going to absolutely love that. Thank you guys so much for being here. We are loving your reviews. We are trying to get to a thousand written reviews. And Eric, do you have some reviews you're going to read for us? Yeah, I've got one right here. This is by Team Reyna. She says, Allison graciously and authentically covers real life, future life, and all things in between in an upbeat, sincere approach. You'll leave thinking hard things about things that just may not be as out of reach as you once thought. Oh, and of course, the intro will be on your mind, too. Lastly, how cute are she and her hubby, Eric? How cute are you, Eric? So cute. You're so cute. We appreciate your reviews. We appreciate you sharing the podcast. As we like to say, sharing is caring. And Team Raina, thank you so much for that review. We love it. And we are going to send you some goodies from Party with Allison. So shoot an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to use these tips from Georgia in my life. And why don't you be sure to go over and tell her um, what you learned and what you loved because nothing would mean more to her. I know it's just a really great way to thank her for all of the knowledge that she shared. I love you guys. You're doing an incredible job. And I want to remind you, only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you going to take us out on? Here's a fun little ditty from the Indie Dance Pop Collection. It's called, That Is Neat. (laughs) 